What's up, Warriors? I'm Kaylee. And I'm Betsy. And this is the Not Your Mama Pod. Hello. How's everybody doing? (laughs) We are here with the coolest guest ever today. We are here with a powerhouse of the childless community, Katie Seppi. And uh, we're so happy to have you here. You were one of the very first people that I ever followed on Instagram when I was starting my journey to childlessness. Um, And you already had, I think, a couple years of, um, you know, information out there. So we are just going to kind of give it to you and let you introduce yourself and whatever comes naturally from this conversation is what is supposed to be here. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me. Um, I just think you two are so fun and I cannot wait for this conversation. Do you have a title that you identify as child-free, childless? Is there something that registers home with you or are you kind of one of those? Just oh, I feel like this could turn into a whole episode. So I'll just <laughs> sure. say that my, the, 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 term I think describes me the best would be like child-free after infertility but I have been moving more into embracing the childless term just because I feel like with the work that I'm doing it's like the least muddy and like the clearest Mm -hmm. for like who I'm what I'm talking about Mm -hmm. um but personally I I identify more as child-free these days that's awesome I understand that fully tell us about your journey Yes, I'll give you the short version because I feel like the longer it's been since I have gone through that part of it, the more boring it gets for me to like relive it. Like it, it gets more insignificant. I feel like the longer, further I am away from it. I don't know yeah. if either of you resonate. I with feel, that, I very sure. much feel that way. Yeah. Um. But the short of it is, yeah, I went through infertility, and at the end of the day, the underlying uh, causes for that ended up being endometriosis and fibroids and you know that was infertility is what got me to my endometriosis diagnosis which in some ways you know I'm glad at least got me there because that then I was able to have a name for the pain I've been experiencing since I was 12 and I was able to find the right doctors and get the right surgeries and all of that so I relate with that I'm not gonna say silver lining but like at least that got me to a diagnosis finally yeah I did do one cycle of IVF, at least the retrieval part. And I didn't have any viable embryos. So that kind of ended that there. And then in 2017, I ended up having a hysterectomy and that kind of put an end to my trying to become a parent. And that's when it kind of hit me like, oh my gosh, I'm really not having kids. Like, yeah, I've got to figure out what that means. So, and I don't necessarily want to go into this a whole lot, but um, Katie and I did a hysterectomy little live together, I think last year, maybe the year before, who knows how long it's been. Um, But I had immediate relief and you did not have the same experience, right? Like from your hysterectomy. Did you have trouble after? So I had, I've had two excision surgeries along with my hysterectomy. And I mean, one was before, but the second one with my hysterectomy, I also had like five hours worth of excision surgery where they went through and right. like removed a ton of endometriosis and also some pretty extensive um, adhesions. And so, yes, I got relief from like actually a lot of relief from the hysterectomy and I think also from the excision surgery. And it's hard for me to say, cause I don't know how much of my pain was also being caused by like the fibroids versus yeah, endometriosis sure. versus the adhesions, but 
yeah, I have had to have like pelvic floor therapy and I still have some pain in, in certain areas. Um, so I think the hysterectomy gave me and the excision surgery, like gave me my quality of life back and got me to a level of pain where I can, I can do things without having to worry about if I'm going to get in like severe pain while I'm trying to do them. Right. <laughs> like I can pretty much go about my days and not be impacted that much, but I do still have like kind of daily levels of pain in different areas. And it's, it's kind of, I feel like I'm at a pl- place where it's like, I think this is kind of the best it can get for right now. So yeah. yeah. Unfortunately for us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I know we're like, like oh, you mean it's still a chronic illness? Even yeah, after I you mean, try to treat it? Okay. Something my entire life. Okay. I guess we're just going to keep going. So when, uh, during this journey, did you start chasing creation, which is now changed to childless collective, but we can get into that in a second. Yeah. So I started it. Okay. So when I, when I had my hysterectomy, like literally a few days later, I came up with the idea for it, knowing that I really needed connection that I didn't have in my life. And I was like, I've got to find at least a couple people that I can connect with who understand what I'm going through and who I can like talk about this with who understand it. And so I got the idea. I came up with the name. I remember, I remember like laying on my couch in recovery. Like I was at the stage where like, I couldn't even like sit up by myself really, you know, and And I had my computer on me laying down, like on my chest, you know, like trying to type. And I bought the domain, like I got the domain name for Chasing Creation. And I started watching YouTube videos about like, how do you build a website? Because I was like, I'm going to make a blog. And so that was when I first came up with the idea. And then I kind of put the project away for probably almost a year. Okay. I didn't do anything with it. And then... I got to a place, yeah, I think it was about a year later where I was like, I'm ready to like, like start your... talking about this. So it was, it was probably, yeah, almost like six months or a year after I was totally done and like knew that I wasn't going to have kids that I actually started talking about it and putting stuff out there. How much time elapsed from your like IVF to your hysterectomy? Like what kind of timeline were you? Not very much time. So I had... Like if you're looking at medically, I had like in 2016, I had a surgery to remove polyps. And then in 2017, I went for my first um, consultation with a reproductive endocrinologist. And then that's when they found that I had like endometriosis cysts on my ovaries. So they're called endometriomas. I don't know if either of you get those. They are Mm -hmm. stubborn and awful. Um, And so the, the doctor that I was seeing saw those in my ovaries and was like, oh, you probably have endometriosis because these are endometriomas. And she was very nonchalant about it. Like I came like back it was no big deal <laughs> for a follow-up appointment. And I was like, hey, it is, I like looked up some things and like, what am I supposed to do about the endometriosis? Cause I actually have really bad pain. And she was like, oh, after you do your IVF cycle, just go on birth control, like no big deal. And I said, oh, but like, I, I looked up some stuff about it and she goes, oh, you Googled. Oh, like, gosh. <laughs> yeah, because you just diagnosed me with something. I mean, you know, for clarity's sake, I know you can't have an, an official diagnosis until you've had it surgically confirmed. But, you know, I, I was yeah. like, you, you pretty much like diagnosed me with this, but you didn't give me any information. So, yeah, I Googled it. Like, maybe be a better doctor and spend time in a consultation with me, giving me info, and I wouldn't feel like I needed to. But anyway, yeah. so 
her advice was like, just do the IVF cycle anyway. And once I found out that I probably had endometriosis, I, that kind of became my first priority because my pain was to a point where it was taking, like, I, I, it was impacting me every single day. Like I was at a point where I was wearing maternity leggings every day. I couldn't wear jeans, like not just not when I was having my period, like all the time. Maybe some of this was from my fibroids too. It's hard to tell like what was what, but I was just so, I was in so much pain that I was not functioning well on a daily basis. And so the idea of being able to find relief for that became top priority, even I would say like above my fertility. And so I ended up, I was living in Georgia at the time and flew, no, where was I? I think I was living in Charleston at the time. And I flew home to Utah to have a consultation with an expert there, um, Dr. Jeffrey Arrington. He just reopened his practice there, but he's an endometriosis specialist. So I flew back to my hometown to see him because I knew he's one of the top doctors. And and from that, you know, he was like, if you have excision surgery, it will help with your endometriosis and it will have the added benefit of like hopefully helping with your fertility as well. So I was like, cool, double whammy, let's do it. So I did that surgery. I had um, fibroids removed. I had also had the the polyps grew back again. So those were removed. He removed quite a bit of endometriosis and adhesions from like all over. And then he was like, all right, you can go try to get pregnant now and see what happens. I went back, I went straight back to the fertility clinic pretty much. So my surgery was in December and then I had my first IVF cycle in, I want to say it was in April. So it was like four months later. Wow. Like and your body didn't even have hardly any time to heal. <laughs> yeah. Well, cause they like, after they do it, they're like, try as fast as you can. Cause yeah, like your body's just going to start messing itself up again. So yeah. like, it, it's kind of like everything's clean right now. This is the optimum window, like yeah. get on it. So yeah, it was fast. Um, so I did the IVF cycle in April. It didn't work. My pain came back worse than ever. I, I think the IVF cycle, like the medications were really, really bad for me. And right. it's interesting because the clinic that I went to was like, no met like IVF meds don't have any, like they won't impact anything related to fibroids and endometriosis. And then my endo specialist was like, of course it would, it was like irresponsible for them to do IVF on you. And yeah. then also the second reproductive endocrinologist that I met with, um, kind of said the same thing. So it's annoying how the lack of information is there, but that's right. a whole side story too. Yeah. So anyway, I'm, I'm making this really long, but basically no, yeah. um, <laughs> in December, I had surgery in April. I had my IVF cycle that didn't work. And then in December, I had my hysterectomy and second excision surgery. So it was about, you know, eight months um, from from when my cycle failed. And part of that was just the weight. Like, I had to find a new doctor. I traveled from Atlanta to Tennessee for my second surgery so that I could be in with another like top specialist for endometriosis and um, ended up getting in sooner because I had my surgery three days before Christmas and apparently nobody wanted that spot, but oh, I had mine a day before Thanksgiving. So I get that. Yeah. <laughs> I also had excision in like nine days because somebody canceled. It was like nine days or nine like, months. Let's I was like, take let's go. It. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. It was a, yeah. that was last 
that was last that was last July during your summit because on my way I had to drive four hours for surgery so on the way to surgery I like logged into the zoom was listening to you and talk and I was like (laughs) (laughs) wow that's crazy that's a good segue into the childless collective let's talk about it tell Um, us about tell us how it started yeah yeah like where your ideas came from and like how this whole thing has um gotten so huge yeah so okay so at the time I was working for a nonprofit, and one of the big parts of my job was hosting in-person summits so I would host our well I was part of a team but I was like the lead person who put together a huge in-person event for like 300 people that was like, we meet for two days, big conference, really big name speakers. And then we go to Capitol Hill to like meet with members of Congress for a day. So it was like this huge to do to put it all together. And and then I did smaller versions of this event in, in nine different states during the year. So I was, it was very like event heavy. And then the pandemic hit and my job changed so significantly because it was I, I did host some of those online, like we moved them to online formats, but a lot of them we just ended up canceling. And so I still had my full-time job, but I wasn't traveling all the time and I wasn't working a lot of overtime, which I had been. And so I had had this dream of like, what would it look like to just bring all my favorite people from the childless community together for an event? And the reason I'm so excited about it is because the thing that keeps me doing this work is the people that I have gotten to meet. And every year I see new people popping up on Instagram, new blogs coming up, new podcasts coming up. And I love hearing everybody's stories and what they bring and their unique voices and the perspectives. And I've just met so many amazing people and made so many good friends and I know that there are still so many people who are childless that feel really lonely. And I get asked yeah. all the time, like, where are the resources? Where can I go for help? I don't know anyone who's going through this. And I'm like, geez, I know like hundreds of people now. Yeah. And so it, it just seemed so necessary because it felt like, why don't we have a space to come together and amplify each other's voices and introduce people to others who have been through it and are talking about it and just have that like communal space. And so that idea had already, I had always excited me, but I didn't really have the capacity to do it because I was always doing my chasing creation stuff on top of my full-time job. But the pandemic just gave me that extra space to, to make it happen. So I just took the leap and was like, I'm just going to schedule this. And I don't know if anyone will come to it, but I'm just going to organize it and like see what happens. So the first year I did it was in 2021 and I had 3,000, almost 3,000 people register. Which and, is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's virtual. It was virtual. And, you know, over four days I had 30 speakers and yeah, it was just like all these people showed up and I was like, who even are these people? <laughs> what is happening? It's um, just- and then- Yeah. The next year I was like, I'm doing this again. So I did it in 2022 and I was like, I'll make it even bigger. So last year I had 40 speakers again, over four days. And, um, again, it's actually about the same amount of, of people registered, um, about, about 3000, a couple hundred less than 3000. So, yeah. 
It is. And it's such a needed thing because yeah, for people like us, I mean, like a couple years ago, I would have died for a, a community like this. Like, yeah, like where in the world were these people? I mean, they, I'm, I'm sure they were here. Obviously you were here, but um, it is always so interesting to me, the newer people who kind of come into the community mm -hmm. who are like, I don't know where to find my people. And like, I don't have any friends that are childless. And I'm like, listen, yeah. we're all here. <laughs> we yeah. are all here. You, you are welcome here. Like it's such a good community. I don't know anyone who would turn you away. <laughs> like, honestly. Yeah. And that's, yeah. And I think, so it's I think that's so such a cool thing. Beautiful the way you set it up. Cause you like framed your days. Right. So mm -hmm. like finding healing and sharing your stories. And so dependent on where you are in your journey, you could jump in and say, Oh, I'm going to do the sharing stories because I want to know I'm not alone. But then mm -hmm. maybe the last day of like making connections and like, obviously it was priority for me to jump into your guys's happy hours, talk, whatever, because I appreciate you both. I cheer you both on. You're my girls. But on the top of that, <laughs> you were talking about the value of connection and the value of finding happiness after childlessness. And I was like, yeah, this is where I'm at in my life. Like, I love to yeah. hear people talk about this is how I find happiness. This is the little things I do. This is how I add value. That was really impactful to me. I had planned to say on all four days, right? Because, and then I was like, well, my life's changed. Let's pick out the parts that really resonate with me. Um, and we yeah. made connections with people from that summit that have now like child-free wealth where we're talking to other people down the road because we've experienced them in the summit. So not only is it like making friends, it's also making connections for whatever phase you're at in your healing journey, which I think is just beautiful. Yeah, I mean, the representation part for me is really important because like, I know I'm not everybody's cup of tea. So someone may find my account and be like, this person's super annoying or like the way this person talks about it does not resonate with me. Like I get that and that's fine. Um, but I want everyone to find people that are their people. And yeah, the only right. way to do that is to have a wide representation of different voices and experiences and perspectives. And, um, you know, we come to childlessness in different ways too. So there's a lot yeah. of people who right now are left out of the conversation. So just off the top of my head, like there are not a lot of, um, public voices for those who are single and childless yeah. and who are still carrying that grief. Um, they never found a partner. They never got to try. And they, a lot of times I think feel excluded from the infertility conversation because yeah. they're like, this doesn't resonate with me. I didn't even, I don't have a partner. I didn't get to try. Um, or I have you. someone like that. Yeah. Yeah. I I need to talk to her. Okay. Continue. I'm, I'm yeah. just thinking because well, I literally had this conversation yeah. with her the other day because she was, she's like in her, you know, early forties. And she's like, I still have that, that lasting grief um, mm -hmm. of not being able to find my partner and not even knowing if I could have kids. And so it's like a whole, whole different thing. So. Yeah. Well, there's just a lot of stories right now that aren't being, and like perspectives that aren't being represented. So that's like a huge one, but obviously you know, if you look at even just looking on like Instagram or if you Google childless support, um, there aren't a lot of voices from people of color. There aren't a lot of voices from men. There aren't a lot of voices of um, those in the LGBTQ plus community. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's like a lot of others. I think sometimes like the disability community in some ways is like represented because there's so many of us that had chronic illness as like part of our journeys, right. but there's other types of like disabilities aren't represented. I just think there's, there's so many different ways that you can become childless and so many different 
parts of our identity that intersect with our childlessness mm-hmm. to make it unique and the way that sure. we experience it unique. And in a lot of ways, though, there's not representation for a lot of people yet. And so that actually, I feel really optimistic about because our community is so small that I'm like, if I can, if we can like work together to amplify voices and to try to bring more representation and, you know, kind of the idea of like, um, I don't, I'm probably going to say this totally wrong, but like the rising tide lifts all ships. Is that the yeah, right? <laughs> like that we can, we can like build the community that we want yeah. right now. And, and we're small enough to be able to do that. So I just felt like it was an area where I could really have an impact on creating an event where hopefully everybody can come and see their story or their perspective or their part of a part of their identity like reflected by one of the speakers and so I don't really see it as like all 40 presentations are going to be for everyone and everyone's going to love all of them but it's kind of like you said like you can pick out the ones that resonate with you and it's totally free so it's not like you're gonna be like oh I spent you know however much on this and I only wanted to see one person speak um you can go to it the whole week free so it's like just come take what resonates with you and I love seeing the connections that build between speakers too, because, you know, people in the community find each other through the summit and make those connections. I just feel like it's such a good opportunity for us to become stronger and for us to just have that chance to come together once a year. A hundred percent. And it's more than just the summit. So I don't remember what speech it was when I jumped on, but I remember somebody in the chat put in there, Hey, I am single after divorce due to my childless and my infertility. And it was like, Hey, I want to make a connection with somebody like, and asking some questions around that. And if it was your guys, it's like, I'm sorry, I forget. But I remember the speaker giving some context of like, I can't speak to that. I don't relate to that. I don't have somebody off head, but let's connect afterwards. I'm going to help you find a friend because there's more. And I just thought that was really beautiful for us to like, really see each other and be like, I'm not going to just lie to you. Like I'm not your best resource, but I feel you. And my story is a little bit different. So let me see if any of my friends relate. And to me, I just, I think that's what B and I try to do a lot on our pod. Like we yeah. don't know the answer to that. Let's put it out to the group chat. I think yeah. there are so many people in this community who will do that in general. Like, I don't necessarily know. I don't have the tools or resources, but let me connect you with this person who might. Um, and I mean, like, even if we're talking like physical places where you need like a physical in-person friend I think a lot of us are good about that like hey have you connected with this person yeah like they're in your area or whatever so I think it's such a special just such a special place to be in general I think that's our follow-up question hey where do you live oh do you know so-and-so they're like six hours of you (laughs) no you don't let me dm them go follow them they'll be your best friend too like that's like a given (laughs) yeah so so that was like the very short version of the summit, but you also do, um, do you, like the childless collective, do you do weekly support or how does that work? Um, okay. So <laughs> I'm going to make this really complicated for y'all. So, um, the childless collective is actually just what I renamed, uh, chasing creation. Oh, it's so it's my new kind of like business name. For a while, I did have a project where I had a friendship map where you could, It's so it's called the Childless Collective. You could sign up to um, make a profile for a map so you could actually identify like where people were and connect locally. 
And then we had monthly meetups that were called BFF hangouts. And they were so fun because they would just be like, I would just try to think of like fun socializing things for us to do together. Like I had held my um, support circles for three years and I love doing those too. They're very like grief forward. And I just thought, you know, I need something to kind of balance this. And so we would get together and do book exchanges um, trivia nights, like just more fun socializing stuff. And so I was doing that project for, I don't know, maybe like six months or so. And then um, I was approached last summer by Jody Day, who this came completely out of the blue for me. It was like a month before my summit. And she was like, hey, I have all these other projects in the childless community that I want to focus on. And I want to move away from my online community that I built. So it's like the gateway women online community. Do you want to take that over? And I'm, I'm still going to be in the child's community, but like focused on other projects. So I was floored because I had been wanting to figure out how to move into working with the child's community full time. So I could just really dedicate all my energy to it because yeah. to be honest, I have been working like basically two jobs for the last like five or six years um doing to you because I barely want to work one (laughs) it's I mean I haven't been doing well to be honest like because I've had my full-time job which was very demanding and a lot of times I was already working overtime hours just with my with my uh job that I was already working at and then anything I did with chasing creation so like the summit I don't have staff like it was just me right doing everything on top of a full-time job so it's like okay I closed my computer for the day And then I go make myself dinner and then I open my laptop back up and now I'm at my new job and I'm just starting to like work on the summit. So I, it was really, I was really getting to a place where, and I had talked about this a little bit on Instagram. I was getting to a place where it was like, I either need to find out how to move into this full time and quit my job or I need to stop doing it because I can't, like I'm hitting peak burnout and the things that I want to explore about what comes next for me like what where am I at with my child-free life and like what am I incorporating into it I didn't have time to like do any of the fun stuff that I wanted to embrace as like perks of that yeah because I was just like like, I'm embracing childless by just working more (laughs) yeah exactly and and my passion was with you know creating all this stuff for the childless community but I was just like I don't see a way to like replace my salary and make this work and and it is hard because I still haven't replaced my salary but like hopefully I I will get there because it's been a little bit of a struggle but um I really wanted to make that work because I'm so much more passionate about this than what I was doing with my job right and I mean I loved my job but this just was so much more personal for me and it was the stuff that got me excited Like I would be bummed all day at my job, just thinking like, oh, I just want to be working on my summit or like working on this other thing. And so anyway, so, so Jody, you know, asked me if I want to do that, that happened really quickly. So from the time we like talked about it, like we were moving on that the next month. And so uh, this was also happening at the same time as my summit and my full-time job. It was very chaotic and very exciting, but um, so I now have the online community there that has um, about 800 members. And so it's like a private online community that's hosted on a platform called Mighty Networks. And it is for 
childless uh, women, inclusive of transgender women and non-binary people who are wanting to come together to just have that space year round all the time. And so um, we have different like subgroups in there for conversations. We have really robust forums. I took all the like fun events that I was doing with my BFF hangout project and moved those into there. I bring in like different guest speakers. So it's just like a cool place to hang out. And there's so many people there that it's like, it kind of feels like, I mean, it's not totally a summit vibe, but it's that same type of idea where you've got community, people coming together, people you, it's like that place where you can turn where you're like, I don't have anyone to talk to about this. I just need to like get this out somewhere. And all of a sudden you have all these people responding that are like, yeah, I get this. Yes, I understand this. I feel like this too. Yeah, It's just really nice. It's just like a place to make connections and have those conversations. And um, so I just moved into that full time like two weeks ago was my first. Super recently, right? Yes. This is my first time in five years. I've just had one job. So yeah, how do you feel? Like, do you feel like a weight has been lifted off of you or are you still super stressed? Yes and no. Like, yes, because I definitely feel it. And I haven't had a day off in like months because I am gearing up for my 2023 Childless Collective Summit in October. And then I just maxed out my credit card, like (laughs) literally to put a payment down on a venue to host the very first in-person 2024 Childless Collective Summit. Very exciting. Congratulations to you. (laughs) Is this so breaking news? Are we, excited. First, are we the first to know or do you, have you said this to other people? I've like kind of been asking. I've been asking. I've been talking about a little bit on Instagram stories, but I haven't really talked about it yet. So do we have a, so, like yeah. a location? Do we yep, start is marking Charleston, our calendar? South Carolina. Ooh, I have a venue. It's going to be um, at the at, at like this really beautiful room in the Charleston Visitor Center. So like right mm-hmm. downtown Charleston. And we're going to be doing two days of a conference. And then I have reserved a beach pavilion that is like gorgeous. It's like a two level. I feel like now that you're saying that, I remember this being on your stories, like showing. Yeah, I do remember that. So that is reserved. And so I'm thinking we're going to do two days of conferencing and then have a beach day together. That sounds amazing. Sounds like I'm going to be going to South Carolina. Oh my gosh, please do. Please help me pay off this credit card. (laughs) (laughs) What what are the dates? Do you know the dates? Yeah, I was like, we just can have it in their head. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I do, but I actually don't know offhand. That's really bad, but I'll look them up while we're talking. Yeah, we can, we'll share them later. Um, And I have 2024, prepare for an in-person, in-person. It's in April. And we're also like just going to tell you the wrong dish if I just because try to we want to block our calendars. We're really <laughs> selfish right now. We just want to go. <laughs> B and I schedule out every ounce of PTO we have to go see people we love. It's a thing. It's a deal we do. <laughs> <laughs> April is- 2024, right? Stop yeah, it's in up. April. I'm going to look up. I'm going to look up the dates while we're talking. I it seems. Okay. I know completely bonkers that I don't know this offhand, but I kind of just like, it, I, I was oh, going back and forth with dates forever. And then I, I just got it confirmed a couple weeks ago. So also I still ask B what day we fly out, even though we've been talking about it every single day. Like I need reminders. <laughs> Did I mix it up? Is my brain fog here? I want to make sure I no. know what I'm doing. Listen, my saying- calendar is my lifeline too. So I'm like, 
what do I have going on this week? Like we go through that every like Sunday night. I'm like this yeah. week I have a nail appointment this, this night. <laughs> we were getting ready to, go. to have on your calendar. <laughs> we have all of it. We were getting ready to go to uh, Arizona and I texted the night before and I said, just checking. Everybody's flying into Phoenix, right? Yeah. <laughs> <Night before. laughs> I was like, I'm confident. I planned this trip for everyone, but just, just checking. I was alone, there. right? <laughs> it happens. We got a lot going on. Uh, okay, I have the adu- okay. I have the dates pulled up. So it's it's um Friday and Saturday, April twelfth and thirteenth. Perfect of twenty twenty four, and then the beach day is going to be on the fourteenth. So April twelfth through the fourteenth. Very cool. We hope to be there. It'll be our pleasure to come and hang out and get some. Hopefully, it doesn't take till twenty twenty four for me to see you in real life. But if it does, I'm excited for it. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to ask you earlier, we've talked a lot about kind of where you're moving and uh, your history, but I got struck with like, ah, when you said you were healing from a surgery and you already, like you knew you needed connection and that kind of started this whole process. Do you think your background in your degree is in social work, right? Do you think your Mm -hmm. background and your job with holding events kind of led you to that? Because I stumbled upon realizing I needed the community, but I was not so yeah. mindful with it. I think that's cool. I, yes, I do think that my background always was like the framework for how I view the community because um, my, my I do have a master's in social work, but I didn't go through a typical route. So I actually went through um, a program that was called community empowerment and program development. And so my, my whole master's program was about like community building. And I think what, what I realized is I knew I felt alone. I knew I needed some people to connect with personally. And I think initially that's what was on my mind was like, I just need to talk to a couple other people to get it. And then as I started getting a little further along in my healing and find, I did find those like initial connections I think my brain did just go to that community aspect because it was so obvious how much that was lacking. And it was like, of course we can't find each other. There's no avenues to do that. Like where there's no, I mean, Instagram has been growing in terms of there being like voices for, for like people who are childless there. There's definitely more every year. Yes. Like when I first started Instagram, I, literally could find like maybe a handful of people. Yeah. And now there's so many more. So even just looking at how I have been able to find speakers for the summit each each year, like this year, I'm going to have to like turn people away. I already know I'm going to, I didn't have to last year because I have more interest than what I can accommodate for the event. And that is a fantastic problem to have because it means that those community voices are out there and they're like, we're finding each other. And, and there's like, there are more voices talking about it, but yeah, I think maybe that's something that is unique about me in terms of the way that I view childlessness is in my mind, I'm like, it's not enough to have people who, and and no shade on like people who do this, because this is what I would do too. But like for people who create like a platform, write a book, like do something within the childless space and then get to a place of where they're feeling like way better and they don't really need the personal support anymore. And so they kind of move out of the childless space. Like what I've seen is there seems to be like kind of a two to three year 
cycle of people who start a podcast, start a blog, For sure. start like something where they're like a presence within the childless community and Instagram account. And then suddenly it's like, yeah, kind of went through like the worst of this. And suddenly like the Instagram handle changes and the blog is no longer there and the podcast yeah. is no longer there. And and like, I totally understand that. I actually think it's a really great thing that people have worked through the worst of their grief. Yeah. The identity of not having kids, it shrinks to where it's like, yeah, this doesn't feel like it's such a huge aspect of my life anymore because I'm just like thriving and doing other stuff. I think that's awesome. So I'm I'm not saying that people shouldn't do that. But I think from a community building aspect, I just saw this like need for support structures that would outlast one person or outlast yeah. a couple years. Yeah. yeah. Because without those structures in place, you can't build, you can't build community. Yep. Yeah. And I, I can fully relate to that because I even went through that, like, like my Instagram handle changed because I wasn't so much like hysterectomy related. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I post definitely less childless stuff now than I, uh, than I did last year. So I can a hundred percent relate to that. It's just people are in a different, you know, time of their life, a different section of their life. Like now my focus is more like how I'm thriving, like how I'm living after childlessness or whatever. I think that look back is important though. Cause you do that B you always help people who are like four or five steps behind. So when we see you grow and change, we, it's like an inspiration to keep growing and changing because what she's mm-hmm. working for, she's achieving. So I'm not going to let you sell yourself too short because you're a bomb person still helping. No, I, and I'm not like, I'm not selling myself short at yeah. all. I'm just saying like, I think it's really important for every people to be able to see every step of the way. Yeah, And yeah. I think that those steps are really important, but I think definitely having that community, especially when you're starting out is so tremendous to healing in general. Mm-hmm. For sure. I think I, I look forward a lot too. So I do weekly check-ins with a nutrition coach and she has endo and doesn't have children. And so we connect on all sorts of levels. And I even put in her post today, I was like, I've been thinking about aging a lot today or like mm-hmm. this recently. And I was like, and it's, it's so weird. Cause I'm not scared for my vanity to change. I'm really excited for what my future is going to hold but like I have no clue what my future is going to hold where mm-hmm. if my had plan had worked out I had a pretty good structure there and I I knew my friends and I knew my future and I knew my plans I thought right here's now one I'm thing like, though that could have all gone away still <laughs> yeah I know it still could have but, so. <laughs> but aging as a child-free adult, that's very publicly that, not being ashamed of that. I don't know what that structure looks like. I still need a community yeah. around me to help me grow into a life where that's that's a happy part of my life still. And I think some of the ways I replace that feeling of loneliness or I replace the gap that I'm still trying to overcome is by very time-appropriate behaviors. The gym, you know, investing in myself in ways, but like, when I quit wanting to look a certain way, when I grow into this next stage, what does that mean for me? And it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of crazy just because I don't see anybody there yet. Right. And so like the idea of having a community that will age with me and people coming out with that pride is something that I think will be very pivotal for me long-term. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about this a lot yesterday because this idea of, let's say that we had all like transition into motherhood. Yeah. I can tell you 
five people off the top of my head that I could call if I had had trouble getting my kid to breastfeed or potty training or like whatever, yeah, like mom related or just even being For like, sure. hey, I'm so tired. I'm yeah. like up all night with the baby. Like, what do I do? What are your tips yeah. for getting like you have you all of a sudden have access to this like network of moms because you know a yeah. million of them that yeah. you can like rely on to help you adjust to this new role that you have and your new future and the new challenges that are coming up to share the new joys that you're having. And I think people look at like having having to let go of your dream of parenthood, transition into a different life, look at your future and say, wow, this isn't what I anticipated it was going to look like. I had this yeah. vision in my mind of what my For life sure. was going to be filled with. Now I'm like starting at from scratch being like, what 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 am I doing what does my future look like what where am I going to find joy and meaning and all these things that we want to have in our lives and if you want to do the same thing which is like pick up your phone and call five people who who are you going to call that's been through it and I think that's where like having the structures that stay in place long term are so important because maybe you are feeling fantastic and you don't need the support anymore. And then maybe this is what I hear from a lot of women who are, you know, a few decades older than me, all of a sudden, all their friends are having grandkids and they felt like they were doing great. And then this new kind of wave of grief hits this new realization of like, wow, I'm different from everyone. And now all of a sudden my friends are gone again. Like they came back once they're empty nesters to have all this time and now their kids have they're having grandkids and now they're gone again yeah. and they're just obsessed and talking about grandkids all the time. So I just think there's like different phases that we go through and we need to be able to tap in to that community support the same way that moms have their network of like people to tap into. And yeah, absolutely. So again, like I, I hope you don't I hope nobody takes from this that like if you start an, an account focused on childlessness, an Instagram account, and like a year later, you're like, yeah, I'm not into this anymore. I'm changing my handle and doing something else. I actually see that as like very healthy. Like I see that as I've worked through like the worst of this. This gave me what I needed yeah. it to. And I'm like moving on to other things. Yeah. But I also think that there needs there some like there need to be people who are sustaining some support structures long-term. So yeah. I definitely see um, Jody Day as that, you know, she's been doing sure. childless work for over a decade, which is uh, from, from what I know, like the longest. Yeah. I mean, child-free people, there's like people who've been doing it that long too. But if you're looking at like people who are childless, not by choice, you know, Jody's there, she's been doing this for over a decade and still doing it. Um, you have uh, Stephanie Joy Phillips who does World Childless Week yeah. That is like a consistent anchor that brings a community together every year that like channels our voices, shares our stories, has like space to come together. Um, I feel like right now those are like the two structures that have survived more than a couple years yeah. that we have. I'm sorry if I left anyone out that's like created something that I haven't like mentioned, but those are kind of the two big ones. And so I think uh, this is a very long answer to, to your question, but yeah, I, I think, think my cool. background in community building just made me see like, we need more structure in place yeah. so that we have so. avenues to come together. Somebody thinking big picture is before I even got there. You know what I mean? So I, I, I think there's a lot of value in what you're saying. Well, and I was going to say, I think it's really important because like we are in the same age range, you know, but there will be consistently people who are going through this, who are younger than us or, um, you know, in different 
aspects of their life that haven't found the community necessary mm-hmm. yet. And so like, they might find my page and it might not benefit them at all because like, I'm at a different place than I was two years ago. Yeah. Whereas if they can find you who is consistently, you know, creating this community, consistently creating the structure kind of from the bottom up, essentially, I mean, is going to be way more beneficial to them yeah. than, than it is to find me. And like, that's not me. Again, that's not me like bashing myself in any way. It's no. just me saying like, we're all in different areas or different stages of our lives and there will be continual people coming into those stages. We we brag internally, our group chats are infertile turtles. We brag all the time. One of the (laughs) biggest benefits to us is we have a group of five women that get along that can check in and check out, tag in and tag out. This person's good for this. This person's good for this. This person has the emotional space for this. That's literally what your community is. It's like a network of all these people that get it or somebody will, but also, Hey, I'm struggling here. You might get five or six people tapping in. This is what I did. This is what I did. This is what I did. So it's not ever going to be a one-on-one like this completely resonates. But if you add that to eight on one, you might find some source of info that helps you go to your next step or helps you find your happy moment. And Mm -hmm. I know you guys would agree. The only thing we want for people is to find their happiness again. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Whatever that looks like for you. Yeah. Wow. We love it. We love you. So tell (laughs) us something that is bringing you happiness in life. Tell us, uh, I mean, not that this whole new adventures should be a big applause. Not that (laughs) hanging out with us shouldn't be the highlight of your life. This is the highlight of my week for sure. (laughs) But we do like to share happiness and joy and, you know, anything you can do to help shed that light to somebody else. You'd appreciate it. Yeah. So, okay. My big thing in life is that like the little things are the big thing. So I feel like when I share like mine, mine are very rarely like really big things. They're usually just finding joy that I can incorporate into my day. And so for me, what's bringing me joy? I just bought a bike, the bicycle. I have not ridden one since I was a little kid. And I got tennis elbow from it because I was gripping it really hard on these like mountain bike trails. I call them mountain bike trails, but they're completely flat because I live in Savannah, Georgia, but they're, they're dirt and there's a lot of like roots and stuff you're going over. Anyway, I haven't been able to ride for two weeks, but prior to that, and hopefully soon, um, I was just looking up all of the prettiest nature, like parks, nature refuges, uh, nature preserves that I could find near me and just taking my bike and exploring. And so I love that. That brings me so much joy. I, I used to live in Charleston, which the landscape there is really similar to Savannah, uh, where I, where I just moved, uh, like four months ago. And I missed this landscape so much. We have been taking our bikes to beaches, to areas of like tidal creeks, to swamps, to like everywhere. And I have seen more wildlife in the last like two months than I have seen since I left Charleston. And it's just been incredible. So that is like, if I have a day off of your, like you have a day off, you can do whatever you want. What are you doing? It's like, I'm waking up getting some bomb ass coffee from a really like coffee place. And I am taking my bike somewhere really pretty and spending the day riding around. And then I'm going to get like a really fantastic lunch and a tiki cocktail 
and then I'm going to come home and take like a long bath and Perfection. get into pajamas and like binge something really good on Netflix. And that, is, that like, sounds like perfection day. <laughs> Maybe you probably need to sneak in a nap there, but oh, yeah, I mean, it's, Love just a nap. That stuff. it's not anything big. It's just like thinking about what are the small things that bring me pleasure yeah. and where am I like fitting those in? But life. that's such big, like you're connecting with your inner child, you're connecting with rest, you're connecting with your body's ability to do these things after so yeah. many years of endo, you're allowing yourself to find peace. And, you know, like all the things you're really hitting on are the pillars of what provides a happy life. So it may look yeah. simple on the outside, but where you've came from to get there is just phenomenal. And like, I've been very into these, um, like small moments of great joy is like mm-hmm. how I've been phrasing it in yeah. my head for so long. And I mean, like that is, that's perfection. Like those little moments that add up to so much great, big joy is just like Mm -hmm. the best thing ever. Yeah. Romanticize your life. Absolutely. Your life. It's only one to live. (laughs) (laughs) I just restarted, uh, started riding my bike in 2020 because my friend was um, running a half marathon. And so we rode with her and so now we ride with her when she does her long runs or whatever. And I was thinking last week or last week or the week before we went with her and we were talking about how we used to be able to do like one handed and stuff like that. And now absolutely not. I'm two hands on the, on the bars at all times. <laughs> like, you know, your snaps make not. so much more sense. I've always wondered why, like there's only two bikes and three women in the pictures. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Our so friend you, Allie Nikki always runs. Nikki and I always you got ride the, bikes. the foot pumps on the back yeah. tire. <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. Um, oh my gosh. Can I tell you guys something that yes. is so Absolutely. silly, but this is a good, like you're talking about the playfulness. So um, maybe if anyone has gone really deep into my Instagram account, they saw my um, Halloween picture from, I guess it was from two years ago where I dressed up as Pee Wee Herman and it is like spot on. So I'm I gonna it, dig and find that right now. I love <laughs> Pee Wee Herman like so much. He's one of my like he's one of my favorite icons and I guess he's like child for your child list so like here we go peewee herman um anyway I'm obsessed with him like obsessed and so (laughs) when I got my bike my husband was like let's deck it out with all this stuff like what do you let's get you like some fancy tires and like fancy stem and fancy handle handlebars all the stuff I know nothing about and I was like actually I know exactly what I want and so I went down this rabbit hole of like trying to get some of Pee-wee's accessories from his bike from Pee-wee's Big Adventure. And so I got, um, I got, so on his bike, he has like a brass nameplate that says property of Pee-wee Herman. So I made a replica of that. Yeah. And I'm figuring out how to attach it to the back of my bike. And then I got, this one is really ridiculous. I got like, he has this lion's head that is mounted on top. It's big. It's like six inches, like a six inch square box with a lion head on the front of it. And it's got a microphone <laughs> attached to it that runs on batteries. <laughs> Y'all, I was looking everywhere on this. I was getting into like finding people who had 3D modeling plans that you could like buy and then try to find someone who would like 3D print this and then trying to paint it and stuff. Found this guy who was making exact replicas on eBay and I was like, it, and it was $300 for this stupid, like plastic, <laughs> oh my like there's goodness. no worth or value to it. It's just that it's like a replica of Pee Wee's. 
And I was talking about it with my husband for like weeks and he finally bought it for me. Cause he's like, you never buy anything for yourself. And I've never heard you talk about something so consistently. So I don't care how much it was like, we're just getting you this. Oh so my I goodness. have it. I love that. <laughs> I have that for my but life. How much joy is that going to bring you? Like every oh my gosh, so time. much. And yeah. now I can use like a siren effect. I have a microphone. I can yell stuff at my husband while we're writing. It is like my dream. <laughs> That's the best. Um, I love that. I, I think though, if people like got to know me outside of like what I talk about, about childlessness and stuff, like I'm pretty silly and I do like bringing play in. And, and another way I do that is through, um, getting into a little bit like witchy stuff like I do I just got into I did like a four-week tarot reading class like an introduction to tarot card reading that was super fun so it was like hosted by a local witch shop and I did like do you want to read our cards oh my gosh it's so complicated that I feel like I still can't read even though I spent like eight hours in classes (laughs) for it but um but that's the kind of stuff like if I were a woman of leisure and didn't have to work, like that is, I'd just be doing this kind of stuff yeah. all day. I, I think that's that. awesome. I feel like I am starting to get into that stage where I'm reconnecting. Like, I don't, I don't really feel like I have an age anymore. And maybe that's because I'm not matching the storybook of where I should be at 32. Mm-hmm. So there's, I went to a wedding a couple of weeks back. I hung out with 20 year olds and I hung out with 65 year olds. And like my hobby, sometimes it's super young and sometimes it's geriatric. I love the flexibility, but I also love the- Mine always leans geriatric. (laughs) Play is for children. And I think if you have kids, you find those moments of play. At least I know with me, the way I envisioned parenting was being like, I like with little kids. Like I like getting down on the ground with them. I like playing in the dirt. I like- I like I doing that playful stuff with them. And I think I just got to a place where I was like, I, I don't, I don't do stuff that's like super child. Well, maybe getting the peewee stuff is childish. Okay. Maybe. No, no, I love cool. But that's I mean, cool. it's the kind of thing where it's like, I, I want to find ways to bring play into my life and unapologetically, because just because I don't have a kid doesn't mean that I can't be playful and find ways to bring play into my life. And I think that's actually a really important part of like there's so much of a connection with play and joy um, that it's really important to like find those ways to to bring that into your life, I think. I love yep. it. I really love that too. All right. Well, let's try and wrap this up a little bit. Um, Katie, why don't you tell us how people can connect with you, how they can find this incredible community of people and anything else you want to tell us? Yes. Okay. So um, my Instagram handle is at Childless Collective. My website is childlesscollective.com and that's where people can find information about the online community. And I am trying to get my credit card paid down that I told you about from booking that venue. And so I am going to be opening up all of the video presentations from the 2021 and 2022 summits available for purchase for one week only. um, And you'd have access for a year. I am going to be opening that up try to get some of this credit card paid off um for the next summit that <laughs> help I help this girl pay her card off it <laughs> help me out here um so <laughs> I will be that will be um available from June 22nd through the 29th um Perfect. for purchase if anyone's interested in that and then soon I'll be announcing the dates and all the info for both of the summits that I have coming up so the virtual one's going to be in October and then the in-person in April and um, I'm sure you won't miss it because once I start talking about it it, I'll put it on my Instagram or on Instagram and on my website Um, but those are kind of my big things that I'm really excited about so 
And I know you told everyone that there is a, it's free to attend the summit, just join, but you guys can pay, which I highly recommend, especially if you have endo or something like that, that your life goes totally south in four days. I uh, bought the access so I could go back and replay. And I'm telling you during recovery, it was my favorite thing to go do. So help us also if you work, pay for it, use it because you can't sit there for four days. Right. I was going to say also, if you work like a normal, like weekday job, because it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like Thursday and Friday, obviously I can't just sit there and watch, you know, the videos most of the day. So I think that that is tremendous. You so can go and watch it. it anytime too. So yeah, thank you for actually, I probably should have mentioned that. Yeah. So the way that the summit works um, for the, for the ritual, you can attend all of the videos for each day are open for like 24 hours for access. And so you can watch them for free anytime that day. And then the next days again are like open for 24 hours. Um, and and those are completely free. And I am so, that was something that was really important to me was that everyone had access, like mm-hmm. regardless of their ability to pay for it. So um, that will always be the case. Um, the all the extended access pass does give you like a year of being able to watch all of the presentations. Um, and the reason I wish that I could do everything I do for free um, but I do actually pay all of my speakers that attend. There are quite a few backend costs for me. Mm-hmm. And especially now that I'm trying to figure out how to like move into this full time, um, I need to make sure I can pay my rent. So like it does help me financially, like keep everything sustainable and keep it going and make it so I can like do this every year and keep this work happening. And so yeah. um, I'm always trying to balance that equity piece of like making things accessible and also how do I pay rent? <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah, make it so yeah. Katie doesn't have to sell foot pics or anything <laughs> like yeah I don't need to like start my new business is gonna be like a side account for only yeah. fans, but I don't know if like at 41 I'm like prime like for that I don't know, but you know there's a market for anything I'm sure um but yeah please don't please don't make me get to that point um and for those who are interested in joining the online community um it's sliding it's a sliding scale model so we have um it, it is there are literally five different price points that you can sign up for one of awesome. them is free up to like $25 a month which is like the true cost of the of being a member but um it is we don't even ask you ask you questions we lay out like here's some guidance of where you might fall and you like self select so um you know accessibility is something that I bring into everything that I do and try to make it you know I, I want everybody to have support and yeah. I'm just trying to figure out how to like do that and have what I need. Survive. So it's like, it's been yeah. hard to figure out and to balance, but, um, you know, people are showing up and I'm so grateful for, you know, the support of the community so that I could transition into bringing my skills into the space full yeah. time. Cause it is like such a big part of my like life after infertility. And like, what does yeah. my life look like? Like it brings me so much joy to be able to bring my skills to, to this space and like build what I'm building here. We're so happy. Well, you're here. We are extremely grateful for you yeah. and thank you for hanging out with us and thank you for talking to us and everything you do for our community for sure yeah thank, thank you guys this has been the best episode yet of <laughs> the Nacho Mama i don't want to stop <laughs>